Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. You know that trend where people share ics about their industry or the person they're dating or their boss or the place they live or about themselves. <laughs> um, I thought I would do that, but I was going to share ics about the marketing industry as a whole that I have. And I'm going to be unhinged about it and it's going to ruffle some feathers. And if it ruffles some feathers, maybe I recommend that you look within (laughs) instead of coming for me. So (laughs) that being said, because I'm recording this like right around the holiday season, my first ick would be that as a marketer, I don't really appreciate holidays the same way that other people outside of the industry appreciate holidays, meaning that for me, holidays are like, oh my God, it's a second to breathe. Like, like we're not, we're not like panicking to release like a holiday campaign. We're not like stressing. We're not like freaking out that the copy on the social post needs to be corrected stat. Like it's just a second to breathe. But that being said, the more important part to why I don't necessarily like like holidays make me kind of numb is that you as a marketer or I, I guess in this case, but us, um, we spend like 365 days before the holiday thinking about said holiday, at least 365 days, depending on how large the company it is or the agency that you're working for. Some of them are like thinking about 2024 holiday season in 2022 like it's you know depending how how far you plan ahead or whatnot um and that's because the reason why it takes a whole year is because there's so many moving parts like let's say you are i'm gonna use a real example so summer fridays is a brand that really loves to listen to their consumers and so um something that they tend to do is like if people ask for a new product or they're like oh, um, you know, we want a new flavor of the lip balm. They tend to do something that a lot of other brands do. They're not the only ones. But they'll, like, release a, quote-unquote, limited edition flavor in, like, a gift set for the holiday season. And you'll see a lot of other brands do that. Fenty Beauty does that, too. Um, Sephora, just in general, does that. Like, a ton of brands do... um, that kind of thing. Um, and so in order to make that little gift set with like, let's say two lip balm flavors and then like a limited edition flavor. And let's say it's all wrapped up in like a specialty pouch, right? So 
that seems like a very easy thing to do, except the reason it takes all year is because one, you have to plan at the very beginning of the year that you're going to do something like that. Then you have to allocate budget. Do we need to hire additional people? Do we need to like find a new factory to produce this? Do we need to source new ingredients? Is this, how is this going to alter the product development process? Because now we're formulating like maybe a new flavor or something. I don't know. I'm not like a cosmetic chemist. I'm just kind of like, you know, hypothetic putting out hypotheticals (laughs) um and then you know you have to create the packaging you have to create the campaign um things are going to shift and change maybe you have to create multiple iterations of that lip balm maybe you have to create multiple iterations of the packaging maybe this time you're deciding you're going to do a like a large influencer campaign or a commercial with a celebrity endorser that again that takes a lot of money depending on who's involved um and how big this campaign is how many people you're paying are you even paying them like you know um (laughs) there's a lot of moving parts and by the time you're kind of like you know finalizing that already several months went by right then you have to go into like production phase etc etc so it's a lengthy process um and for marketers, I would say like Super Bowl is like a huge season for ads, right? For me, I don't really care to watch like tall men in, in helmets with like jerseys, you know, headbutt each other on a field. I don't care. I want to see the commercials. And <laughs> the holiday season is kind of the same for me. Like it's a great time for ads, especially if you like ads that are like nostalgic or kind of like pull heartstrings or like more emotional. Um so it's a great time to see like what brands are doing, what they're releasing, what they're thinking about maybe launching, like what products they're testing and like their limited edition gift sets or on their secret menu or whatever. So anyways, the holiday season is more so like a marketing season for me than it is like just a holiday season. So that's an ick. <laughs> um, another ick I have, and this is like social media related or digital marketing related, is when people blame the algorithm. I hate it. I, I like just admit you don't have a strategy. I see people talk about this on LinkedIn and it's interesting because there's two very conflicting opinions despite it being in the marketing industry like you would kind of think everybody would be on the same page. But there are people that are very like, "Well, you can't predict the algorithm." That's true. But let's then focus on the things that we can control. Like setting a clear target audience. Like like researching how people behave on different social media platforms like assessing which social media platforms are actually best for the thing that we're trying to achieve on social media um or through digital marketing um can we control certain like behavioral aspects so for example typically around the holiday season people are not as engaged on social media unless it's really with the purpose of like buying something right so the influencers probably that are recommending things from their amazon storefront their content is popping off brands that are launching new products or discounting things or promoting holiday gift guides or whatever that's probably popping off. So maybe the strategy is, okay, let's get into holiday mode. Should we do 12 days of Christmas? Should we do a gift guide? Should we like, there are certain strategical, strategical elements that you can control and you start to just be like, okay, we can't control the algorithm, but let's try to fuck around with all the things that we can control. 
And for personal brands, especially if that's usually the group of people that that blame the algorithm a lot, like influencers and public figures and personal brands, they're like, oh, well, the algorithm, it's just not working. No, 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 no. Let's back up. Who's your target audience? Oh, I don't have one. Okay. Strike one. Maybe we need to start there, right? Um, Or like, what are your goals with content for the holiday season? Let's say if that's the time when you feel like the algorithm is not serving you in the way that it served you earlier this year, right? So those would be the same questions that I would ask a brand and you would kind of answer them in a similar way, right? How can you engage people during the holiday season through maybe holiday themed content as a personal brand or whatever? Um, What are your goals for your content? Or are you just like, I just like want to be an influencer, so I'm just going to like do what other influencers do. And they're like, what's your, what do you want to achieve as an influencer? Like that's your content is a tool for that. Um, so you, normally I think to me, blaming the algorithm gives me the same energy as Pepsi blaming Kendall for their campaign. Same energy. Like the algorithm, yes, is not really within your control. But instead of blaming the algorithm, experiment and do a little trial and error business with like the things that you can control. Because complaining about a formula that we literally can do nothing about unless we worked on the formula is not going to help us. So that's a huge ick of mine is people complaining about the algorithm. Another marketing ick I have, and I think this is going to be my last one for now, even though I have many, many more, but at this point, I listen, <laughs> we going to be here forever, forever, ever. Um, people using financial success to market their services. Cause it's usually service providers that do this. And they'll be like, I, Oh, I love, Oh my God. Oh my God. There's like X would be X under X under X in this one. So like, first of all, using financial success, like guarantees of financial success is illegal as fuck. And it's not a theory. It's not like I think it's illegal. It's more so like the U.S. government has deemed it illegal. You know what I mean? So it's cringy, not from my perspective, but from like an objective federal perspective. All right. Um, What do I mean by using guarantees of financial success? I mean things like I'm going to turn you into a six-figure entrepreneur. Mm, No. Unless the people that you are working with are clones of mine with the same exact personality, same work ethic, same drive, same goals, same lifestyle, same resources, same team, same everything, uh, you can't because everybody's different, right? So... That whole I can turn you into a six-figure entrepreneur thing already false. False advertising. Fraud. Like, here's a little striped jumpsuit or orange jumpsuit. Why did I say striped? I feel like they had those in, like, jailbird movies, right? Anyways, here's an orange jumpsuit, bitch. (laughs) You're going to jail, okay? Um, So that's an example of, like, financial success. Another thing that people do, and this one's, like, kind of clever I will give it to them but it is still false advertising uh misleading advertising is when people say I generated three million dollars for my clients what 
you made them $3 million? How? And it's usually like a business coach or somebody that will like sell a template. Let me like my template. No, 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 no. You're, te you're telling me <laughs> that your template alone made your clients $3 million? What? That's like so bold to take credit for that. Like there's nothing else involved there. Not your client's work ethic, not anything else, not the team that they have to support them. Your fucking template made your client $3 million in revenue. That's really strange. Okay. And also like business coaches love to use that form of marketing. And I don't like it because you gave that person advice, right? Okay. Maybe you gave them like a strategy deck or something, but that person then has to go and like implement it. So then you saying that the bare minimum that you did made them, I don't know, made all your clients $1.2 million across the board. That's sus. Cause you're not the only one responsible for that revenue generated. I hate when people do that. It is a very, very, very clever loophole, but it's, it's a psychological manipulation tactic that I would like for you to like avoid. And if you're doing it, leave it. Cause otherwise girl, the FTC is coming for you and you go end up in jail. Okay. Um, the other thing that I really don't like is in guarantees of financial success, people will use a loophole. So they'll be like, for example, I've made my, my $10,000 program. It's always a fucking $10,000, $20,000, like hand over your life savings to join this business form of Scientology type of pricing. Okay. It's crazy. So let's say it's like a $10,000 program, right? Okay. They'll use this very clever trick where they'll be like, if this didn't work for you after you implementing all the strategies and all the whatevers and blah, 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 then I, I will refund you the money. Stop using that loophole. Like you literally just tried to guarantee somebody financial success and then you guilt trip them into essentially not asking you for a refund because you decided to finally tell them that actually, even though I'm guaranteeing you financial success, if you don't put in the work, then I'll refund you the money. What? It's like a, like Uno reverse three times. No, it's so disgusting. I hate when people do it. Um, and normally the people that actually care to make impact, they don't need to get you into their course or, 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 you know, work with you as a client or whatever, however it is that they serve you or whether they're selling you like some sort of like digital product that you implement yourself or if you work with them one-on-one, -on -one, like they don't need to tell you about financial success of other clients or like pressure you or anything like that because they're not there to just take your money and then not do anything for you. They actually care. So that needs to be left behind. Like, act, like actually leave it behind because otherwise you're going to be put in prison unless you want to be there. And then you can report back maybe to us about how that experience was. I don't know why you would use this, this tactic. Um, well, I do know the answer because a lot of people are teaching it, which is a, a complete other level of like MLM scheme, weirdo, like lack of research vibes, but don't use guarantees of financial success. 
even if you can verify that your client made $100,000 in 30 days after completing your program, or they made back their money after investing into your course or whatever, whatever it is that you offer, um, even if you can verify those results, they are still like false advertising if you were to use that in your marketing. And I'm going to link a specifically a advertising and entertainment attorney who talks a lot about this that you guys can go to if you think that I'm like bullshitting you <laughs> or just added an extra layer of verification. Okay. Cause I would do that if I were you. So, um, I'm going to put his information in the show notes below, but yeah, those are my three, just like little icks. Um, let me know. Uh, I'll add my Instagram in the show notes as well. And you can DM me any icks that you have, whether it's about your industry or about social media or about influencer marketing or just marketing as a whole. I would love to hear them. Otherwise, I will see you later. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.